I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. This week's Lost for Words podcast. It is the the last one of 2020, isn't it, Jason? It is. Hurrah. Well, we say the last one. It, it might, it's the last betting one, isn't it? We, we, we may have another one in uh, in store for for next week or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might we may have an interview lined up, um, all, and of course you can reviewed. you can look at the shootout if you want as well over the other side. And you've got the ladies open, which will be far more interesting. Um, but yeah, for us, it's. Uh, it's the last preview yeah which is uh which is is nice i think i think we've both been sort of looking forward to a, a bit of a break although it's at least a nice event to finish on i think it's not valderama is it but you know it's it's fine nothing's gonna be valderama for you though is it nope that's your that's your that's your uh favorite place so it is why don't you kill them off instead of giving them a birdie fest that's what i say <laughs> Anyway, so it is the DP World Tour Championship. Uh, it's been, we've been playing this event since 2009, um, since they decided to, you know, put a season-ending tournament like it in. Um, always been here at the Greg Norman designed track. Um, 76,077 yards, par 72. 76,000, that is long, isn't it? 76,777 yards. That's a good start, isn't it, to the podcast? The Earth Course, Jumeirah Golf Estates in Dubai. Um, would it be too simplified to say that it's uh, hit it long and, you know, make your putts? Yeah, no, it's absolutely right. It's basically smash it, isn't it? it? Yeah, smash it down there. The longer, the better. Um, if you can, yeah, obviously, you know, finding fairways is still important, but they're wide enough for the vast majority of this lot to find. Um and then, yeah, the shorter the club you have in, the better. Um, there are a couple of holes with water. Um, the 18th, of course, as, as seems traditional these days, now has um, boom or bust. Um, Justin Rose was superb a few years ago when chasing... I was on, I think, actually, obviously, because he was second. <laughs> uh, when chasing Rory, um, uh, final round hit 62 round there, which I think is still the course record. Uh, but he was amazing. Um, yeah, it's all about proximity to the hole, really. So um, get it down there. Shorter the iron, the better into the two. They're large greens, but I think they're particularly difficult. I know there's talk about wind coming this, this weekend, so um, that may affect them. But all these guys are pretty much used to these conditions. And, and you know, there's not, it, like we say, it's not Valderrama or Leopard Creek off the off the tee. So, um, you know, the longer the better. Um I mean, if we look over the last couple of years anyway, uh, John Rahm, uh, who won last year, was first tee to green. Fleetwood second. He was second. Lorenzo Vera, uh, due by Stalwart, who played really well last weekend. He was fourth tee to green. Rory was fifth. Go on and on and on. The top 10, the top 10 in tee to green. Um, and interestingly, um, and more importantly, as far as I'm concerned, Rahm led the par five stats. Fleetwood was second. Uh, McElroy was joint second. Sorry. Uh, Lorenzo Vera was seventh, etc., etc. Um, go back to Willett if you want proof again. Um, six in tee to green. Reed was 14th. Wallace was 7th. Uh, Burmy, uh, one of our, my personal favourites, was 10th. Um, and in approaches, they're quite high up. But the overriding stat for me is is the tee to green and the par fives. And it's proximity. You know, um, they're quite capable of hitting it, you know, inside 10 feet on the vast majority of these holes. See which one knocks them in. 
That's it. Absolutely. I can confirm that your your Justin Rose point stands still with a course record 62 yeah. Yeah. in 2012. That was br- that was brilliant round to be fair. Um, 7,708 yards that week. So yeah, it's uh, it, you know, it does allow for that sort of scoring, doesn't it? Like we saw last week in uh, Andy Sutherland shooting 61 over on the fire course as well. Um, but it will be a tougher prospect than last mm. week's event, won't it? Um, you know, it's not going to be difficult. It's going to be, you know, 20 under is going to be the target. But, you know, there, there is some bits that can catch you out, especially down the stretch. Yeah, it was, but, uh, yeah I mean, uh, by last weekend, the uh, uh, fire course was, was just benign, wasn't it? Mm. That really needed to win to be any good. Um, yeah, and, and you saw that with, with, you know, five, six, seven under every single day from a, a, an awful lot of players. And really... Given the winner one in 25, he's brilliant. Antoine Rosner was absolutely brilliant on Sunday. He was he was amazing. Although, you know, his stats all years, Tita Green all years, he's around about sort of 15th on average. Even over the last few months, he's been amazing. Off the tee, you know, again, you know, he's he's top 10, top 15 regularly. So he was brilliant. But the fact he shot seven under and one in 25 under, Sullivan started the game on 21. He must have must have thought he could hit four under around that course you know you've got the par fives you've got the drivable 16th and he just had not a great day he was um quite pedestrian early on hit a bad um part on the eighth um left himself 10 12 feet for par which he missed that seemed to really knock him back a bit um yeah and then he hit 16th the drivable 16th he had a terrible tee shot um okay you can accept having no birdie but now you're under pressure because you must know that somebody else is challenging and he ends up bogeying it. And when you got Rosner firing at all the pins and, and, you know, his par five approaches were stunning. Um, unfortunately, not even, you know, Sullivan could get to 25-26, which looked very obvious at the start of the day. But hey-ho, that's the way it is. Um, some you win, some you lose. Yeah, I think it was, you know, obviously, I think it's fair to say he should have won, should have done better should have won yeah. in the final round. But... You know, take nothing away. He was phenomenal for three rounds. Was it just absolutely relentless? And that's the sort of thing we sim from Sullivan basically in his career. And uh, you know, when he gets a sniff of a chance, and you know, earlier in the year was it twenty seven under he won at the uh, in the English Championship? The English Championship yep. he won. Yeah, you know, he he's, away from, yeah. it's Portugal he's done it before as well, isn't he? Portugal yeah. he's, he's walked away from as well. He um, he just peppers flags, doesn't he, when he's on form like that? And you know, I think the criticism about him is his putter. Well, you don't. You don't get to 27 under and 21 under through three rounds if you can't putt. So, yes, his, uh, his putting set suggests he's not a great putter. But as we spoke about off air, um, you know, when you hit the approaches as close as he does when he's on form, it doesn't allow for many strokes to be gained with a putter, does it? So when he does miss yeah. the odd few, then you, uh, you tumble down. Absolutely. Those stats can be interpreted how you want, can't you? You can be, you know, if you're, if you're great at scrambling, you're probably going to be great at putter because, you know, you'll be chipping in from the rough and uh, bunkers to two, three feet and making your putt. So you're going to have a lot of one putts, but the man who hits it in to five feet for birdie and misses a couple of them is, is going to have worse figures. So, you know, who's the better player? Who knows? Absolutely. It's going to be a bit of a, you know, obviously 2020's made a huge difference in terms of what's been going on. Golf, you know, suffering for a long period of time rejuvenated schedules etc all across the PGA and European tour but I mean this this race to Dubai these standings uh, 
bit of a mockery, aren't they? I mean, Patrick Reed's first. Has he played one event on the European tour? At least tour? he's played one. I yeah. know he's played one <laughs> outside of the majors and the WGCs. Maybe it was two. Well, I know he played, he played Wentworth, didn't he? Um, yes, he played, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he played Wentworth. He played one of the flagship events, so at least he did that. Yeah, and, and the thing I like about Reed is he has supported it for a number of years, isn't he? He generally comes over and plays a few events a year, so... Mm. I don't have so many bones to pick with him. Colin Murakawa didn't play one at all. He's in third place due to his uh, PJ Championship victory and other decent performances. Um, you know, Sung Jae Im's there, fifteenth place. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? They're, you know, they're not playing. It's Paul Casey hasn't played over here. It's just been, um, you know, a matter of basically. And, and one of the people there, Tommy Fleet, was in second. I mean, to me, it's been a year where he's played. You know, in comparison to recent years, he's not been playing his best. I know he's obviously had some decent finishes when he's come back on the European tour. Obviously, he was at second to Aaron Rye, wasn't he? Uh, third in Portugal mm-hmm. when I wrote him off before the start. Um, you know, he's, he's played okay, but to me, when I think of Tommy Fleetwood, the last few years, this feels like a disappointment. He's got a chance to take this massive prize fund away just because of the fact that he's played a limited number of events and kept himself up there. Yeah, rankings are absolute nonsense. Um, I think better explained. There's a couple of articles explaining who can win, how they can win, but I think you can go to 19th in the standings here, depending on. It's a bit like FedEx Cup, isn't it? You know, when we get there and it's like, you know, halfway through the round, X is going to be second, Y is going to be third. He's gone from eighth to fifth, you know, first has got, you know, whatever. Um, players are obviously going to be aware of it. It's a big thing, this. Um, it's far too weighted to this tournament, really, but. You know, that's what money does, and I guess that's why Greg Norman builds a load of courses over there, because um, <laughs> you can be set up for a number of lives if you get involved over there. You know, there we are. It's, it's like I say, it's, I mean, it's, you know, there's no crowds there, obviously. Not there are that many anyway. Um, you know, it's hardly, you know, they should have the final event either over in Britain or one of the, the classic courses, but they don't. And therefore, they get, you know, what they class as a, a you know, a top class field despite the fact that we don't have Rory or John Rahm here this week. Yeah, you know, and I was quite surprised that neither of them were playing. I know it's been a bit of a funny old year, and I suppose Rory being a new dad and things like that, it was kind of nice to maybe put the sticks away and not worry about it. But I thought thought John Rahm being you know, a youngster would be back over here, but it uh, wasn't to be. Did you know that, talking of money and Greg Norman making a load of cash over there, the 2013 DP World Tour delivered $44 million gross economic benefit to Dubai. You wonder why they, you know, they, they stage all these golf events, put all this money into it, pay these players what they pay. Forty-four million it made for Dubai in 2013. Well, yeah. Money, isn't it? It's absolutely yeah, absurd. Um, uh, let's not get political, because no, but that's, but, that's political. but that is the only time that, that, you know, these events are the only times where the European Tour even goes close to the PGA Tour, isn't it? Um, and that's why we're seeing some yeah, of Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Patrick Reed. Um, well, the new association is going to, you know, start kicking on, isn't it, next year? So we'll see. We'll see how Americanized we get. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, the European tour is only going to benefit from that, isn't it? Because it's been left behind for a number of years now. So we shall see what that brings. But let's let's go on to the golf this week. Um, I would swap Till Hatton and Patrick Reed round for favoritism. Would you agree? It's a difficult one because we said we agreed that earlier on, and um, I you've, don't know. You changed your mind. Well, it's not that. I just think you haven't got somebody coming over. So it's not like a, I'm sure we talk about Hovland or Murakow and coming over and they haven't really got that that sort of 
you know that, that history behind them um reed has you know he has won in europe you know despite not being over in england he has won in europe um on the european tour and he has contended and obviously everybody knows what he can do he's you know he should have done better at the pga for example um should have done better at the us open um but he's still there top 15 and 10th in the masters i'm not sure i'm not sure i mean i'm not sure well i'm just not sure you know <laughs> he's second here in 2018 behind Willett. um Rick, i i think he more grinded his way around than, than was anything flash um but nevertheless he's we, we discussed about how how much of a terrier he is um all through the year really i think when we were discussing the majors with with ben and that and and you know um he's very very hard to knock and he do he won't mind wind at all um i don't know they're very close and I, i'm not as convinced that i would have him the other way around though you know either way either way it'd be fine yeah so um yeah I'm not sure I think the thing for me was that, you know, Reed had that second 2018 and, you know, he had two top tens as well uh, on the course, but Tyrrell Hatton's had a second, an eighth and a sixth, you know, yeah, and he's won more recently than Patrick Reed. And he's had a better season in full stop, hasn't he? That that was basically, like, I don't think there's... It's difficult. It's very hard to split them in terms of quality as a player. I think they're both fairly even kill with with Reed probably given the the edge just because he's won the major championship but um I, yeah I, I, I thought I actually thought Hatton would be favorite this week I don't know I don't know what it is I, I couldn't I couldn't have you know Patrick it's Reed close. at 9 to 1 it is close it's close I mean personally Reed Hatton you're not going to like this Fleetwood I think maybe should be the same price um not because of their winning ability or their um, lack of finesse at certain points in their game. Um, I just think they all hold such individual strong claims that I'm not sure I could split them all. If they were all 11 to 1? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Uh, they should, all, they should I'm, all be I'm, double I'm, figures. That's, that's the kind of yeah, thing okay. I would get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. um, I accept that. So, yeah, I mean, look, we've just covered Tommy... Uh, uh, Tyrrell Hassan and Patrick Reed. Tommy Fleet will come on to now. Obviously, second here last year um, behind John Rahm. But before that, he's not been that impressive around here, though, has he? I know he's been. I know he's been um, in the hunt for the actual final prize, and that's probably taken up a lot of his his mindset going into it. But you know, on the face of it, and I know that the record don't show how well he had played in the chance he had, but 16th, 21st, 9th, 53rd, 12th, 37th. I know you can discount a couple of those because they're a bit earlier on in his but, career, but that's but, it's not it's not outstanding, is it? Well, no, but you look. We always say, and you look at the rounds. You know, 2018 when he was sec- uh, when he was 16th, uh, hit 74 in the third round. The year before, he hit 74 in the final round. I think that's a bit Tommy Fleetwood, personally. Um, you know, having said that, you know, look what he's done. He's won twice at Abu Dhabi, been uh, runner-up at Abu Dhabi. Um, he's got plenty of regional form. Um, he is a awesome iron player when he's right. Um, we know that anyway. He's an awesome player, full stop, isn't he? Off the tee, irons. My my problem with him his is putting sorry, is a bit suspect. Yeah, my problem is exactly that that a fourteen to one and shorter on a course that will reward putting 
I can't have him. Um, he should have won Scotland. Um, we know that anyway. Um, should have done better. Well, in fact, he should have done better on, on a number of occasions over here, really. Um, during lockdown, Portugal, like it was a very, you know, he was really, he was thrown in to be placed. And it was only that 64 that got him third, although it was impressive. He could have actually done better again. He couldn't putt down the stretch. Scottish Open, we all saw that. Um, fair play to the winner, Aaron Rye. Um, big fan of his. But again, he had his chance and he missed a number of putts. Um, Wentworth, again, missed a number of putts. And, and then obviously he went over, over the other side of the water. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he, he's very, he reminds me so much of somebody like Justin Rose. When there's just something about Rose that I don't trust in when it comes to the nitty gritty anymore. Um, and he's that sort of player. So, look, he's going to be, I'd imagine he's going to be top five by the end of the week. You've got no Rory, no Rahm. You've got question marks about come, some of the uh, Americans that have come over this week. He looks not to be top five. But at 14s, he's got to win, and I'm not convinced he will. But but that's the thing is that um, I think the thing with Tommy Fleetwood is everyone wants him to win, or a lot of people, you know, would like him to win. He's a very popular player. He's always going to be he's always going to be bet every week, anytime he plays, no matter what form he's in. But especially when he's had a decent run as well uh, on a course that he's played well. So someone's going to see he finished second last year, um, plays well in this part of the world. Absolutely love Tommy Fleetwood. Just bet him, um, which is which is fine. I mean, I, I really like Tommy Fleetwood. I think he's a great ambassador for the game. I think he speaks well. Absolutely nothing against him. I just think from a complete betting perspective, I mean, I just don't want anyone at the, these sort of price ranges this week because I think there's such strength and depth just behind them. And we talk about the, the unknowns with uh, the rookies that are coming over, but we've never had stronger debutants than Colin Morikawa, Sung Jae-im, Victor Hovland. I mean, that, that's a hell of a core, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, just, just that to finish Fleetwood off, you know, his six in par five performance over the last three months, I think is absolutely crucial. But uh, I, I haven't looked, but I wonder how many one putts he's had on these greens. Um, I very much doubt that he's had that many, despite how close he might be sort of getting his approach shots in. So, yeah, I mean, like you say, 14 to one, um, what are we looking at? Nine, so 10, 18, 18, 7, 25. It's three to one that Reed, uh, Hatton, or Fleetwood win. I'll leave that to you. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I would, I can never, I'm not going to do what I did before and say that Fleetwood can't win this event because, or not, not that he doesn't want, because this is a perfect event for him to win. It's yeah. at the time of year where he comes to his best. He has been playing better than I give him credit for. I just think there's something a little bit missing from him this year, and I think he's ready to just start afresh after a Christmas break with the family and and get going. And and if he wins this week, then great. I just I won't be on. I don't see the need to be on at fourteen to one. I mean, what what price would he have been if Rory and Ryan were in the field? Twenties. Sixteen. Sixteen. Then then in that case, then fourteen to one's not bad price, is it? But I I just don't see the need to bet him. I just think he's got to win. I mean, you know, there's, there's a, you know, our mate puts up uh, in his column. He says that the, the place part looks looks great value. Like I said, I, I think he will be top five, um, and he will shorten, and he'd be sexy on Betfair. It's not for me, but I can't see him not being there. It's it's you know, I think there are cases where you can, you can say 
as we'll no doubt go on to Hovland, etc. Fitzpatrick, Morikawa, where you where you can say that you know you can see them not doing their absolute best. I can't see Fleetwood being out of the top five. No, I can see that. Hovland is. We'll talk about Hovland now. Uh, ice cold yesterday uh, when he needed to be. Uh, he was fighting really because he wasn't hitting many fairways until the end of the stretch. Had to get it up and down at 16, I think it was, uh, from the sand. Um, maybe a little bit fortunate on the 18th when he, he hopped over that, that tiny bit of rough that he didn't think he was going to get over. Um, but at the end of the day, sunk the putt and, and, and broke mine and Aaron Wise's heart at the same time. Because, um, you know, we've been talking about Aaron Wise for a little while now, haven't we? About, it looks like he was coming back to his best and he showed that yesterday. Uh, but Victor Hovland played brilliantly and... I am delighted that I will never hear the words Puerto Rico curse ever no. again. Well, he's, he's broken it. It's done. He, he's broken the course, but nobody called Tony has ever won Puerto Rico <laughs> and then followed up. He was, uh, he was, what, he was himself yesterday, wasn't he? Wasn't it? Wasn't it typical that he held that on the final green? Yeah. Absolute certainty. No pressure on him whatsoever. Twenty-five feet, bang in the middle. Oh. Uh, I find it hard because I'm such a big supporter of him and and I'm a big believer in him. And even yesterday, people were so quick to write him off. And then he got to within one again. And I was like, oh my god, you know, he, he can do it. And then he just fell apart. And it's hard. It's hard. Pushed to watch. everything, didn't he, off the tee? Mm. Yeah, it, it was. It was not very nice to watch because he does have a tremendous demeanour, even when it's going wrong. He it's just he, he's just got an incredible he, attitude. And he I, doesn't lose it, does he? But I think that's the problem. Where we talk about, and, and it's, it's completely opposite to what I normally say, I think some people care too much and get too frustrated. I think he is such a polar opposite that it actually holds him back. I think he needs to get a little bit of fire, get a bit worked up. But I think this guy is just, look, he was, I mean, what was he, late 20s before he even got a chance. He'd come off the big break program. Um, he's got a massive family, plenty of kids. I think he's just grateful to be there. And you know, if he keeps picking up, you know, Six hundred thousand dollars here, eight hundred thousand dollars there, a couple of million dollar checks every now and then, um, because he's playing a game that he loves, and and that's it. I, just, I don't think he gets as upset about not winning as everyone else does for him. Um, no, we'll, have to, we'll have to try and get him on, won't we, and ask him. Yeah, have to see what goes into that head of his. But you know, it's a shame. But talking of Victor Hovland, going back to yep. obviously who we are talking Sorry. about, yeah. um, he was excellent yesterday. Um, he's He's now done it in two separate PGA Tour events, so that's great to see. Uh, he's going to come over here. I'd expect him to play well. Um, will that have taken anything out of him yesterday? I don't think so. I know he was fighting a little bit, and and obviously he had Aaron Wise breathing down his neck, or was you know neck and neck with him for a lot of the time. But you know, I don't think he's going to be afraid to play here. I don't think he's going to be afraid to make his debut. It's a wide open course, isn't it? As we've said off the tee, so. That little bit that he was battling, missing the fairways in the final round. Do you, do you think? Um, do you think that's, sorry. Do you think that stops? Sorry to interrupt. Do you think that stops his advantage though? One of his advantages, of is is generally he's very accurate and and he he won't get that over the majority of the field. I think I think I'd be more concerned about the fact, like you said earlier, in in Fleetwood's case, that when it comes to it turns a bit of a putting contest, because I think that he'll be very accurate still. You know, into the green and have a lot of birdie chances. Um, it's just converting them, isn't it? Which mm. he did very well yesterday. Um, I, no, because I think that it does still pay to be in the fairway. And um, I mean, it's, you know, me and you would miss fairways out there, but not many of these would. But you. Well, I don't know. we'll see. 
but it's, yeah i don't know um i just again it's one of those things where like fleetwood like we're just about to say about fitzpatrick as well i'm sure um you can see any one of them winning but i'm happy to oppose all of them yeah that's that's summarized yeah yeah it's perfectly summarized yep fitzpatrick first fourth 12th 34th 9th or 4th 1st 12th 34th 9th way around um great record here played very well when he won beat Tilrahassan didn't he down the stretch in 2016 um it's been a little while now isn't it he's been he's been a bit lackluster when he's been in contention and and had a lot of second place finishes um about the time he got over the line again and maybe this will be the sort of course he does that I, I, I still can't believe Fitzpatrick's won so many that's it that's my summary Colin Morikawa and Sung Jae Im <laughs> Um, I kind of, I kind of The only thing I would say is that he's a he's a good you know the Bermuda greens he's a good Bermuda putter, um, rock solid putter for the most part. I think the Masters would have taken a lot out of him. I don't think he was even intending to play it until he realised that why not? Um, a lot of money for very minimal effort. Um, he's not got nothing else going on, is it? He's normally pitching up a tent somewhere to play golf, so he might as well do it here and make some money. Um, but yeah, I mean, Colin Morikawa wasn't planning on playing, I don't think, until obviously he was probably told by his agent that it would be ridiculous for him not to. Um, again, a bit like the other group of players, I'm just happy to to look the other way, and if they win, they win. Yeah, Morikawa was same as same as Hovland, and he's gonna he's gonna find loads of greens, isn't he? Um, I seriously worry about him. Like you know, we, I was on on the um, at the PGA and. Let's face it, I still don't know how he patted like that. But um, <laughs> there we are. Um, he's, very similar to, he's very similar to Hovland. They're, you know, they come from the same group we spoke about when we started this back in March or whenever it was. You know, the Morikawa, Hovland, Nyman, um, Wolf. You know, he comes from the same same factory. And these two, they're, they're so similar, aren't they? They'll continue to give themselves loads of chances. I find it hard to believe that they'll come over and beat um, experienced uh, desert uh, desert players, um, but like you say, they're good enough to do it. I, 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 I don't see any of them three winning. Funnily enough, but, that, but um, the, good, the, the one thing you've mentioned of there is, is desert form, and and a lot of the players. I mean, John Rahm came over here and and won very early on, and then went on to won the career builder or, or played very well at the career builder, um, and he played well in Phoenix, and he was you know Arizona University and things like that. So he had a lot of desert, you know experience hadn't he and and these three haven't really have they they haven't played in that career builder challenge not many ways they've played the phoenix open between them i can't remember if they have or not um sung jay may have done but that they haven't got a lot of desert form and then they're going to come over here and and see a an event they're not really used to amongst a field they're not really used to as well i don't know if that really bothers them but you know, you start to become comfortable with people out there on the PJ Tour and, and seeing familiar faces and competing against familiar faces. It might just be a bit of a strange experience for some yeah, of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Hovland's got that mid-20s finish, isn't he? Um, but it's not, you know, that's not being in contention, is it? Um, around a very long course. Um, with people that, you know, you, you we read, um, I can't remember who put this up, but um, Burmy sort of said, I come to this course and I, I feel like I can do things on this course. You know, I love it. And that's what you want. You want, you know, uh, PMA, isn't it? Uh, Keith Elliott's positive mental attitude. Um, you want to step out of the car, limousine, whatever, and um, 
you want you want to play the course um and they don't have that behind them um i, I i'm very cynical about why some of them come over it's not it's not a difficult cynicism <laughs> to uh, get involved in um and that might be enough do they want to win i'm not pretty i'm really not convinced that they want to and certainly as i you know if they if they're not going to win um the title um in terms of the overall rolex title halfway through the event i just wonder where they're going to go you know yeah they will there's very good chance they're just going to check out isn't it that that is the thing is that if they if they're 10 back after two rounds they're not going to be putting their foot down are they um and and you know as as much as it's not great uh it's not their fault you know they're this they're there aren't they they've the options there for them because of of a skewed system and and they're told to take advantage of it it's not really their fault um why pass it up when you're a young age you're not going to are you you can see why rory and ram don't bother um because they've they've won plenty already won money and all sorts of these guys are still uh still early on in their careers no matter how many wins they've got so yeah uh, you know we can see it but like you say that the desire would be probably quite low down unless they got in the hunt very early on which is a potential possibility man of the moment christian bezwedenhout hoot out uh, he made a good debut here last year, didn't he? Twelfth uh, place. Worst round of the week was a 73 on the final day, so he actually, uh, you know, fell out of the top ten. Two back-to-back wins. We've just been speaking about him off air, and you know, the bulk of our conversation um, was just how relentless he is in contention, how you know, unflappable he seems. Um, what do you expect out of him this week? be really interesting i really hope he has he has a fantastic tournament I, i'm a huge fan of Bez. i, I you know I'm, I'm particularly you know it's not financial gain i mean there was that bit a couple of weeks ago but it wasn't you know anything to buy a house on it um and we discussed how much of a quality favorite he was last week and he, he's proven it again you know he you, you said it he's unflappable he he makes errors he made um double bogey bogey last week before he hit the turn um, and and just stormed away from him. Again this week he was p- pedestrian, let's say. So he was matched by Fratelli, who was not playing well at all. Um, then went sort of one behind Fratelli, if you like, on the round, um, having bogeyed eight, um, stuck his approach in the water, which he stuck his he stuck his tee shot in last week as well on the par three in the water, didn't he? I think by yeah. mis- I think he was under clubbing. Um, it made absolutely no. He's unflab. You cannot tell that he's done that comes out and then goes four under for the back nine um he done virtually the same last week um stunning i i i find his attitude incredible and and i'm a huge fan i hope he goes on to have a stellar career because um you know we've been following him for a while um he went missing for a bit when he went over to the pga tour at the start i know he had a couple of half decent efforts you know um the arnold palm and stuff um I, I I think he's brilliant, and and I hope he he possibly should have won um, against Lucas Herbert in the Dubai Desert Classic again. He essentially I think he was only beaten by length there really um, with a par five uh, playoff hole. Yeah, I I love him to bits, and and I'd be very happy to see him win. I can't see him winning this week, um, but I don't know why because his putting is just stunning. You know, it's... you put him and somebody like Fleetwood next to each other on the greens, he'll destroy him. Um, 
I, 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 do you know when you can't see? I don't know why you can't see someone. It's in front of you, isn't it? Why can't he win? Absolutely no reason why not. It's going to be the same thing that we're going to come on to about another player in a minute. And, and golf is the only sport where if they won the week before uh, that you don't fancy in the following week because you don't <laughs> believe they can do it. And and he's now not only won an event in South Africa, he's then gone to, to be favourite in front of the home crowd and won again when all the expectations are on. It, um, the only thing I'd say, Tom, is, is obviously... Um, the Desert Classic, you know, it wasn't a particularly low-scoring um, event, um, and obviously he's played two. He's played brilliant to, to be in double figures and, and won by a, a handful the last two weeks. But Leopard Creek and um, uh, the Gary Player course, where they play the Dead Bank, are not, they're, but generally not low-scoring courses. They're, you know, it's amazing because he, he shot 15 under to win on Sunday, and if you and you, you say this is going to be one in 20 we'll see what happens they're not a shot around it's not a shot around harder it's much harder than that um and i i i just wonder whether he's the type of player that can stick in that 63 64 um and separate him from separate himself from um the others whereas on a harder course he seems to be yeah you know he seems to be relentless and, and others give way more than he does so so that's where his advantage is yeah, and no, I completely see that because when you talk about that, the, the Dubai Desert Classic where he lost to Herbert in the playoff, best round that week was 66. Um, he played at Wentworth, best round was 67. You know, he doesn't he doesn't have to go low, does he, to, to stick out in the events that he does do, mm. uh, which is obviously the point you're making there. And, and you go a bit further down. I mean, even when you look at the impressive performance he did put in at Bay Hill, again, that's a notoriously tough course. Yeah. Um, and he stuck around for a long period of time before the, the tough final round. Memorial, we played well at, tough course. Um, just like you say, he does seem to stick out um, in those events where, well, where par means something, doesn't it? Yeah, like you say, one Valderrama. He won it by seven shots, which seems like a steamrolling, doesn't it? But <laughs> but it's because he's just so adverse to making mistakes on tougher layouts. So that, like you say, that would possibly be the the only drawback from him because otherwise there there really isn't much to, to dislike. But even when you look at last year when he played well here, sixty seven was his best round. Um and then there was three others of seventy or worse. Whereas John Rahm's had two sixty sixes and two, you know, six nine, sixty eight. So it does require sort of relentless scoring this sort of event and maybe that isn't suited to his game. So that would be the only negative I suppose that we can draw against him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I you know, yep. again, also just for the fact that I'm happy to go further down the betting. Matt Wallace, uh, disappointing. Again, I know, I know that's hard to say when he's playing as well as he is, but it looks like he should have got a win uh, in re- in recent times, and seems to be a little bit suspect in contention for a person that won three times in one year. And and I think it was just one of those, you know, like he had an end goal. It was the Ryder Cup that year. He thought he was nailed on to win it. I think the the arrogance of him sort of suggested I'm going to make it impossible for you not to pit me, so I'll just keep going on and, and put my foot down all these events. Um, then obviously went off, didn't go off the off the rails, but sort of dropped away a bit. Seems to be coming back to something near his best again, um, but hasn't got over the line when he should have done. Uh, makes mistakes, doesn't he? Scotland was in his bag, wasn't it? Um, again, you know, despite the fact that you know. I love the winner to bits. Um, 
yeah, he's done, he's done it a couple of times now, wasn't he? Um, sprayed it a bit all over the place on Sunday when he had a chance and came again late. He'd done exactly the same in Scotland, didn't he? He looked like the third was the very best he was going to get, um, you know, some way behind Ryan Fleetwood and came again on the running. And he'd done exactly the same yesterday. It's, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, for me, he'll be the type of player that will have to put his head on the line, um, you know, his head in front right on the line. Um, whether you can do that here at Dubai, I don't know. I mean, um, I say Justin Rose uh, nearly got McElroy with a 62. And I think Wallace is the type of player that might have to come from, I don't think you can here, but come from four or five behind um, before the leaders have finished because I couldn't trust him if he was in contention and there were holes to play, unfortunately. Which is weird because he's won two of his events in playoffs. Hey, and I'm... it's just... It's strange. It really is strange. But you mentioned there about uh, coming from behind. I'm pretty sure. I think Rams tied for lead last year. Will it the same? Uh, and then Ram a couple of years ago might have been within one. I think he was second place. And same for Fitz and Rory as well. So it's not really a catch-up course, is it? No, no, it's not. Um... Yeah, I mean, Ram actually missed a, quite a few putts, as well as making some putts last year. He missed quite a few. But um, So like you say, there's no disadvantage once you're up there. Um, you know, you're up there. Like Yeah, yeah I mean, John Rahm went 3-2-1. Will it 3-2-1? Uh, Rahm the year before, six after the second round. But that's the worst of the last five years. Fitzpatrick was, went 7-8-2 and McElroy 6-4-2. So, you know, you had to be in the final two ball to win it overnight and you had to be in the final... He certainly had to be in the final four two balls um, to win any of them, really. Um, so, yeah, fast start is required. And I, I just don't see, if you put Wallace in front, I'd always be nervous. Um, and, I, and again, look, you go back to what we said about Bez, for example. Um, and, but maybe Hatton as well. Um, you know, Wentworth, he did the same. Um, they, they've, you know, you put them in front, they're mentally very, very strong. They know... They know how to play the course, how to play the game uh, and what to do. And like you, you said earlier, you know, maybe Wallace tries too hard when he's got a chance. I don't know. But either way, it doesn't really matter what the reason is. Um, the evidence I is can't trust him when he's in front. And and that's the end at the moment until he proves otherwise. Um, yeah, not not really interested at the prices. I, I, again, I, he must be there. He's high up in... Uh, he was high up in Teach Green last week, obviously. He was high up in putting last week. So if he carries that on, and um, we've had a few tournaments this year where um, we've had same location. So obviously we had Celtic Manor, but we had two. We had Cyprus. Um, this is not the same course, but it's around the corner, isn't it? Um, so yeah, yeah, I can see people who played well last week, obviously playing extremely well this. And, and he had good stats last week, and it is... Look, but it's it's very similar to Fleetwood. I mean, is he, he's not as good as Fleetwood. It's tight, but he's not as good as Fleetwood. Um, but they do have their foibles, shall we say. Um, if he got himself together, if he had a, a Bez attitude, he'd have won two this year. Uh, but he hasn't. So um, there we are. We'll see what happens. And especially with this worth so much money and so much prestige, I'd be concerned that he could get the job done in terms of win purposes. Yeah, and that was the thing, you know, when he, he comes second on debut, didn't he? But he was in the lead after two rounds and then had a disappointing third day, dropped back and then I mm. think he dropped back, was it, to, he was fourth 
uh, after a 71. Um, and then obviously got himself back into second place uh, on the last day, which, you know, it was still a sterling effort, a second place finish on your debut. Um, you know, and was 28th last year, so it's not terrible. But that kind of just speaks to what you just said there, and and that's disappointing from someone like that. And and the thing that was really nailed it for me is the next couple of people that I'd sort of considered were Bernd Wiesberger and Andy Sullivan. Um, Wiesberger, I thought, was slightly short. Um, I know he's been playing well. I understand that. He's, he's a multiple winner on the European Tour, and, and he seems to be... I don't think he's playing career best golf, but he's, he's not far off. Um, he's certainly looking back to the, the player of old. Um, and he's got a really solid bank of form, Wiesberger. He's got that fourth place finish 2016, and then two 17, uh, 17 and 16th place finishes before that, uh, before a 28th last year as well. So I thought he was maybe too short, especially when you consider that Sullivan was at, he's sitting there at 30 to 1, 28 to 1 with seven places as well. And, and Sullivan was the person I was alluding to when, when you were speaking about Bezweden how earlier that why is it that we think they can't win when they played so well the week before? I know Sullivan should have done better yesterday, but he was in he had it literally on a string for you know the majority of the week, and it's not a flash in a pan. He he obviously won with 27 under par at the English Championship earlier on in the year, um, and he finished ninth at the Hand of UK Championship, third at Wentworth. Second again last week. Like he's dominant at the moment. He's in he's in exceptional form. Back to the sort of form that got him into the Ryder Cup. Um, and when you just look at where he's finished second, he's finished second at this course behind uh, Rory McIlroy, wasn't it, in 2015? Uh, he was then second in the Dubai Desert Classic, which you obviously know is a correlating course behind Danny Willett, who's also won this event. And he finished second in the next you know neighbouring course last week. So. There's there's literally nothing there's nothing negative about Andy Sullivan unless you consider the fact that he should have won last week and didn't and I don't think he he didn't you can't say he didn't blow it because he should have he should have won but I don't think he made a load of horrendous mistakes he just allowed people to come in by not putting his foot down on that final day as it had he as he had done in the previous three rounds he's got an amazing chance this week. I mean, the only negative can possibly be a hangover from what happened Sunday. But I don't think uh, he cares. Well, I don't know if he doesn't care. But, well, not that but he doesn't care, but I don't I it think may not affect, pretty, It may not affect him, no. He's pretty calm um, about it all. I, I think it, it's just, yeah, like you rightly say. Um, I mean, on top of what you've said, I mean, that second to Willett in the Dubai Desert Classic, fourth was Kiros, six was Rory. Um, obviously, you know, Kiros has won here as well, and Rory yeah. we know all about anyway. Um He's just got a stunning bank of uh, desert form. Um, I, I'm, a, I just, I don't know. I mean, he's, I don't get that his price. Um, I'd have him a lot shorter. I mean, if he'd have won by one this week, what price would he be? Because I, I don't, you know, I, I just don't know. I, I, he's a mate. He's tied fourth in uh, par five performance over the last three months, which is incredibly significant. You obviously want to be coming here in form. It's tied sixth in the whole of 2020. I know that doesn't include that much, but, you know, you can still go back to the likes of Marne, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he's 10th in total driving, which will really help here this week. Um, second in Tita Green for 2020. He led the Tita Green. Did he lead Tita Green last week? Pretty sure he did. Yep, he did lead Tita Green last week. Second in approaches last week. Um, I just think he's just 
got an unbelievable chance, and I do not. I don't. What was he earlier? Thirty-three with three six five. I, I think the 30 is 10 points too big. I well, think it's 20 to 1, solid about... fourth, fourth, fifth in, and and I, I don't get the price. With his, with his putting being his weakness, as they say, um, he's second overall in straight gained approach across the season, played over 58 rounds. So Karma's ahead of him just uh, playing 18 less rounds than him. All the others behind him are less rounds than him, except for Joe Schoholm at 61 rounds, but he's significantly uh, less uh, strokes gained than him. He He's just he's absolutely dialed in with his approach game. So his putting is going to suffer for that unless he putts. And like we say, or like you say every week, your favourite thing is that if, if he did it all, it'd be Tiger Woods, which he can't be. So you have to, there has to be some sort of litter. And like you say, how much of a difference would it made if he'd have just held on? Like if, if he'd have got, you know, um, four under or five under through the first nine, and just and just held on, which wouldn't even have been any that much more, you know, uh, what's what, what I'm looking for? It's kind of, it wasn't so much more impressive than what he'd already done. Um, he probably could have been half the price. And and I don't think there was anything I don't think there was anything too concerning yesterday that suggests that you, you should be worried about. It. No, I mean you know if you want to point out about it the, the class element involved. I mean, you know look at his stats at Wentworth. You know eighth off the tee, second tee green, six approaching. He's still top twenty five in putting there. Um, what do you expect? You can't knock every single putt in. Um, last week, you know, twelve shots gained, tee to green, eight approaches. He's he's in love with the game and he loves it when it's a low scoring event, unlike maybe others that we've been talking about. Um, he can shoot low anywhere when he, you know, obviously when he gets it going, we know that, that it's it's just mad. Um, he does it both ends, 61, as you say, last week, 65 to finish Wentworth when he won by, you know, 500 yards at, um, English Championship, you know, 60, 66, 62, 64, 65. I, I, I just don't know what else you want from somebody who's playing in a region that he absolutely loves, potentially in the form of his life or as close as the form of his life. And stats that are just, I mean, they're just stunning. He's got double figure gains, tee to green. Um, one, two, three, four, five in the last 10 outings, 12 outings. Just, you know, you talk about Fleetwood being, um, being a knock top five. I think Sullivan's an absolute knock top five. The only worry I'd have with Sullivan, the only one it would, is not his putting, is that when he's not in it, he can give up. Um, and that's the problem. He, he knows that, I mean, I don't suppose he can win this anyway. He can't possibly win it, can he? Um, or maybe he can if everybody else finishes 50th to 60th. So my only problem is that he, he can just throw it in. He did at Cyprus. He did it last round. I put him up... Um, can't remember what I put him up for. He might have been top ten or something like that. Uh, the final round, and he absolutely couldn't be bothered. Um, and that's my only thing of him. If he starts well, he's, he's going to be there right at the end. I think he's a great price. Yeah, I, I just can't disagree. I think that he's one of those ones that I was on and are in. Is it a bit of a trap sort of price? Is it something that you should be worried about and ignore? Um, why? You know, he's got all the form again. You know, all the courses he's wanting to. We, you know, you spoke about maybe it's a career year for him. It probably is because you know, yes, he had a three-win season in 2015, but they're in sort of lower grade events than than where he's been performing so highly at, I suppose. Um, 
you know, he had that Ryder Cup in 2016 where he wasn't, you know, wasn't great and given much of a chance. Um, and, and I think he kind of suffered a little bit from that. I think he had a lot of off-the-course issues, and he's just come back now, and he's just proven he's a brilliant golfer. And 28-1, seven places. Well, I don't know what else you want, really. Uh, we'll quickly go through some of these others before we get on to some of our other picks. Uh, Martin Kaiman, Thomas Peters make obvious appeal to me. Mm. Um, I think they're both, obviously, Kaiman's got a, a rich vein of, you know, experience here. Maybe not. he's not been in contention as much as someone of his quality would be. Uh, Thomas Peters was sixth last year, 12th the year before. So they both make obvious claims. Eric Van Royen withdrew um, at the Masters, wasn't it? Is it the Masters he withdrew at? He pulled out? Uh, he did, yes. Yeah, he pulled, he, he yeah. pulled out of the Masters. Uh, Ian Poulter's also one that I do quite like generally when he comes back onto the European Tour. He's got two second-place finishes here, but don't know how well his back's going to hold up. If his back's okay, it would be interesting to see how he got on. Lee Westwood's been in fine form uh, for most of the season. We'll be chasing that. I don't, well, I don't know if he will be chasing that Ryder Cup place because the way he talks, he kind of suggests that he's not that bothered about playing in it. He's quite happy to be a vice-captain. Um, but I think he is projected to finish 50th from, in the world rankings by the end of the year. So he'll want to hold on to that and get into the majors for next year. Um, any of those that make any appeal? Um, I thought, I mean, Peters consistently brings up some stunning figures. But we know, he, like you say, you, know, you can say Peters, you can say Dietrich, you know, they're same bloody player aren't they um they give himself a million chances and they just mess it up don't they um you know um they do don't they uh, you know you just can't believe what they do after time i remember peter's back in back in wales at some point absolutely just lobbing it away with the, with the most bizarre shot on the drivable hole um but he's you know he's leading the t to green stats 2020 it's no surprise but he can't close out a hole can he um i think the thing that i do when he, like a little bit about him now is that he seems since he's had his he's recently become a dad hasn't he he does mm. seem a little bit calmer i know because i've seen him lose his tempers you know at, you know up close and personal wentworth he's i think he's broken it on iron over his neck and smashed one into the bunker like he does get the hump very quickly i think that might have slowly uh, come out of his game now but like you say that doesn't take away from the fact he does make some weird decisions at times as well He's, he's so. I mean, his figures are brilliant, but they are every single week. Um, but there's always something there, isn't there? You know, every he's, he's like that player that just pops up on all the stats you're looking for, um, but doesn't do the job. And you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, at that price, he's, you've got to be a bit more convinced, haven't you? And yeah, you know, either him, you know, Peters, Dietrich could do anything, couldn't they? They, they, you know, they'll hit a 62, and then the next day they'll hit 77. Um, so we have to leave him out, don't we, really? Yeah, Victor Perez I thought was interesting. Mm. He's obviously got yeah. uh, Roy McIlroy's former caddy, J.P. Fitzgerald, on the bag. Uh, obviously knows his cause very well from being on... I think, it was, I think he was on the bag for both of Rory's wins, but he was definitely on the bag for one of them. Um, you know, yeah, I think it was his 20th last year in debut, Victor Perez, um, which is nothing to be sniffed at. I just... I don't know what it is about him. I found it hard at one point to to get behind him. I thought there's a lot of times where he was short in the betting, and then all of a sudden, every time I look at him now, I think he's a little bit big. And I think that's the case this week. I think 50 to one's a bit big. The only thing that concerns me is that it was almost a backdoor top 20 last year. It was 67 on the final round, which was 
far and away his best round, best by five shots. But maybe it was just a case of him getting used to the course and, and finally paying off in the final day. Yeah, again, another one I, I just don't trust on the greens. Um, looked fantastic at Wentworth. Um, he was chasing Hatton, you know, just, just you know, brilliant stuff. Um, doesn't do anything brilliant. He just does everything well, um, apart from finish the holes off. And, yeah, you know, he's, he's talented. He'll be there for years to come. But like I said before, um, I can't believe he's as good as he is, um, or apparently as good as he is. Um, yeah, we're yet to see, but I, I, I remain. But there's there's nothing there that says to me he's going to win this. Um, well, the thing I liked yeah. is that you know he played well at Dubai Desert Classic until the final round this year, and he shot 79 on the last day. Um, but he was right up there for. Well, that's what I'm saying. Doesn't finish 60. it off, yeah. Yeah, but eventually these people do come good, don't they? And he he looks like yeah. the type of his iron play that he could do that. Oh, brilliant iron play, brilliant, yeah. Um, and, oh, it's, and obviously it was less strength in depth really in this tournament this year um, this is the time for somebody to step forward well this is the, this is the area of, of, of the betting I quite like because as I've said although I completely respect the chances of everyone at the top of the betting and, and it wouldn't surprise me if any one of the top 6 or 7 won I do think there's value to add and my favourite bet this week is Danny Willett um, I was desperate to get him on board at some point um, and then I just felt like there was a couple of times where either the course didn't suit or the prices weren't what I was hoping it to be. And I, and I messaged you earlier, I think it was either yesterday or this morning, I can't remember what it was, and I sort of said, yeah. I hope Danny Willett's a backable price because, mm. you know, his course form is ridiculous. Uh, he, played, he finished tied 30th last week, which was, you know, plenty good enough. He had two 67s to open, shot 73 on a Saturday to, to take himself out of any sort of top 10 chances. Um, but he was top 25 at the Masters, which we all know is, is obviously somewhere he's going to be close to his heart, but also comes with added pressure, I would say. Uh, 32nd at Wentworth, where he's obviously won before. But I just think he's a type of player that when, when he was when he finished fourth here in 2015, um, was when he was kind of getting into the, the top of his game, wasn't he? And it was very consistent. And then he came back in 2018 after a lot of struggles after that major victory. Um and, and he'd showed signs at the, the CJ Cup, I think it was, and then at the Turkish Airlines Open, he, he, I think he got to second midway, finished seventh, and then played poorly at the Nedbank, was almost dead last, and then won this. Um, and then to top that off, he then finished his fifth last year. And I just thought that was, I thought 55s and 50s, and, and those sort of prices. I mean, there was 66 to one about him earlier, but 50s, seven places, I thought was, was more than fair on a course that clearly suits him very well. Yeah. And it's in a part of the world that he loves as well. Sorry. Yep. Hard to, hard, really hard to argue with you, to be honest. He, it, Willett does what he, what he likes. I don't know what Willett's going to do from one day to the next. I don't um, think he does. No, is no. I'm sure, concern, isn't it? I'm sure he doesn't. But he caught the eye at the Masters, didn't he, again? Yeah. Um, after really not doing an awful lot this year. Um, and the fact that he caught the eye there on a course that he obviously will, will stay with him for the rest of his life. Um maybe suggest that he is a, a man that turns up at events that he's done well before in. And, and if that's the case, then it was definitely one that he's, he's done well in. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. He was big. Was he bigger earlier on? Yeah, there was, um, some, there was 66, a 66. I think you saw. Yeah. Did you get that? No. Oh, you didn't. Okay. Uh, uh, but, but the thing for me is, is, was, was, was bizarre, big, isn't yeah. it? I think yeah, because he's won the dividers at classic as well. It's not like he's just good at this one. He's, he plays the whole region. Well, 
Um, and when it's when it's that obvious to me, I mean, what I would say is it does help to obviously come into form in this event, but I think you can win it with a with a, a bit of average form going into it as well, as long as it's the type of course that suits you. And it is a bit wide open. There's going to be no strain off the tee for him. Um, if he can get his irons going, which has always been a staple of his game uh, when he was at his very best, then, well, yeah. like you say, it's, just, it's, it's not as deep a field, is it, this year than it, than it has been. I mean, there's a lot of players in here that... Um, you know, you'd say you put a line through almost, um, and he's not one of them. No, he's, he's three times the price of, of Sung Jae and I'm not knocking Sung Jae I just think when you look at the qualifications for here, um, that that one of them is wrong, isn't it? Well, they're both wrong, but I mean, it, you know, I just don't see how he can be. Um, I mean, he will be in sort of who's got the nicer shoes because, um, you know, as we know, Sung Jae has got the nicer shoes, um, but in terms of winning this tournament. 66 was yeah it was wrong mate yeah so yeah it's a it's a fair pick i, I can't be with him because i don't know what he's going to do from one day to the next but yeah price I suppose that's, that's probably the uh the, the beauty of it and i'll be cursing about him the next time we come on but at top least seven be... top seven i mean it's not bad is it i mean you, okay i mean you've missed the fancy top seven prices but it's not not difficult to see him in there is it no i don't i don't, I don't see why he wouldn't be there um look i just like you say, it's a bit of a roller coaster with Danny Willett. I think he doesn't know what he's going to be like. I'm not going to be able to tell you what he's going to be like. Um, but he's certainly got the credentials to win here. Uh, Wilco, nine neighbours, obviously been in spectacular form. Mm. Um, it's hard to know what he's going to do on this type of course because he's not played this type of world very often, has he? Had that 28th place finish at Qatar Masters earlier in the year, which may be a sort of sign that he might be okay here. Um, there's no reason to suspect he won't be good. Um, and there's normally a debutant or two that, that do play well, and he's, he's obviously shown plenty of potential. Oh, he's brilliant, isn't he? Uh, top 10 in par 5's performance, absolutely no surprise, given that he hits the ball longer than anybody else um, in, what, Europe, South Africa, whatever. Um, anywhere yeah, but America, place, really, I would imagine. Yeah. And he'd probably, he'd probably be up there if he went over to PGA, he'd, on those fast fairways, I mean, Law knows how, how far he'd hit it. Um, yeah, he's been brilliant. And, and on courses, the last two weeks that really shouldn't suit his game, um, he hasn't played particularly well, and yet he's there. And that, that, I think that's always the sign of a of a very, very, very good player. Yeah. yeah. The fact that he, he really hasn't done anything special. I mean, he was at, I think that the Alpha Dunhill was well out of it, and suddenly he was top 12. Um, and yeah, OK, it's, it's the weakness of others, but... We can only do comparative to others, can't we? It doesn't matter whether you're winning 50 under or whether you're winning one under. If the others play worse, then you've won, haven't you? Um, and again, he played really well last week. He got a lot of TV coverage last week, had loads of eagle chances. Um, and if the par fives are any guide, and they will be, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's no denying that he, he sort of can put himself there. I'd, I'd not be convinced that he can do it at the moment. Um in I this think grade, it's a step and, and up, with it, a, yes, a, absolutely, and with his experience, but it's it's certainly it won't do him any harm doing it. And yeah, I mean, he looks one that if he plays Europe next year, everyone's going to be on him, aren't they? Until he wins, and well, he will you, win. He will win next year. You'd hope this is where you hope these players make their their appearances now, aren't you? Because everyone's been talking about how good he is. Um, he was very highly regarded after finishing fourth at the English Championship. Um, was slightly disappointing after that then finished sixth at Valderrama which is ridiculous for someone of his skill set um, shouldn't suit him at all and I think that's when that kind of alarm bells ring that this guy's really good finishes 14th in Portugal 
then goes off the boil again, then just goes second, twelfth, eleventh. Like he's clearly got a lot of skill. Um, may have been slightly affected by that. You know, he sh- maybe should have won uh, the Joburg Open, and but you know, JB Hansen had a out of this world week. Um, well, you will see. We'll see how he gets on. I think it may be too soon. Uh, maybe look for it next year, but it'd be interesting. It'd be a good sighter, I think, to see whether the course suits him ready for next year. Yep, I, I think he's a certain winner of 2021. Um, it's just win. Antoine Rosny spoke about earlier. Um, yeah. d- can you get back on him? <sighs> Do you know? It, it's it, isn't it, isn't it? Betting is really weird, isn't it? Because if he'd have flown through and finished third. You'd go, oh, do you know what? I really quite like him. And then you'd go, oh, I'm not sure if a maiden could win this and all that. Um, he was brilliant. I mean, never mind what Sully done. Um, Rosner said that he didn't look at a leaderboard until the final green. I don't, you know, no reason to suspect that isn't true. In which case, he didn't know that he was two, three, four, five behind or two, three, four, five in front. But his approach play was just brilliant. Um, par five play was incredible. And if he carries that on this week, then. It's, it's a step up but why not he's going completely the right way he's been you know top 20 in virtually every stat that you can think of um, you know he hits it long he's accurate with his irons he's you know he's pretty good around the greens and he's okay with putting and he was you know excellent over the weekend um, everything about he's got you know stats that are green in everything Um and he's finally got got that win, so he's now going to be totally relaxed. He's got no pressure here whatsoever. He's not here making the field up like. To be fair to some of these, um, uh, he, he, you know, there's so many good players out there. I mean, Laporta played well over the weekend. Hmm. Um, you have got various others that obviously we've been discussing through the season. It's really good. European golf's in a really good place. You've got some of these continentals coming through that are just very very good golfers and well, that's and, why you hope that the european tour gets back to to something like its best because you you hope that these players can get a chance to flourish because they can't all go over to the pga tour and and one they can't all get cards and and get the starts but two they can't all succeed over there is it they're given the chance to to develop and get some better fields to to compete against the players ready for the major championships it's going to be really exciting isn't it and and just on rosner as well is that it's it's weird i kind of when I thought about it last night, I was like, yeah, he's taken to the European Tour like a duck to water after coming to the Challenge Tour. And I'm like, well, hang on. But he was very inconsistent as well. Like, he's he's either sort of top 10 in or, or missing a cut or, or way down the field. But then when you look at last year on the Challenge Tour, he won the Challenge d'Espagne and then the mm. week later he won the Prague. So that suggests that he can keep it up and if his confidence is there and his game is there, that he keeps the ball rolling. So... Again, a bit like Nane, where I think it may be just too soon for this this event because, you know, no matter what we've said about the people at the start of the show, that they are a different breed of player and demand a different respect down down the line than the people they've come up against. Even even Andy Sullivan, I know he's great, um, but you you can't start coming up against going to blows to blows with Reed, Fleetwood, Hovland, etc. They demand a different aura, I think, and. Yeah. And that may just get him, but yeah, I I don't know what price you make him if he, you know, you can't say he's too short, can you? No, I mean it's, it's a flagship event, but, but you know, he's he's playing, he's, you know, he's 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 playing brilliant. Um, should he have won last week? No, but if he gets second, 
Is there any harm in that? He, yeah, he, he, he's very low down in par five performance, which I was a bit surprised after uh, Sunday's awesome effort, to be honest with you. Uh, this is obviously going to take a little bit more effort than that. But he's 14th in par four over the season as well, um, which is going to help here massively as well. So uh, I can see him being there. I, I don't see him winning because it's, like you say, it's another step up in grade and it's going to take him time. But he's won, nine neighbor hasn't, and he has. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's he's one of a whole breed. Like you know, probably eight, ten players from this year that you can say, and it's that's what's been, I say, good about this year. Obviously, we've missed quite a lot of of the classier players because they've had to stay wherever they've had to stay. Um, but we've seen a lot of players come through that have shown some, you know, some fantastic skill. You know, um, and it's going to help them. You know, um, the 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 chance they've had of winning, the fact they've taken that on has to elevate their game for the future. You know, in every, you know, you know, yourself sponsorship and, and coaches and everybody wants to be with them now. Yeah. Um, yeah, brilliant. And Rosner, if you look at his stats, they are just very impressive. He's plus in everything. So yeah, I can see him coming sixth, fifth, sixth, no problem. The course form horse this week, Dean Burmeister, two fourth mm. place finishes. Um, I know you're a fan of him, but he's, he, he's hard to get behind as a, as a winner it's hard to envision him winning especially at this sort of grade but this is the perfect golf course for him had a third place finish at Dubai as a classic earlier in the year he's got the two fourths here loves the fact that it's wide open certainly expecting to be in the top 10 wouldn't you this week oh we love Dino don't we <laughs> you know love not, as a, not as a winning bet I, I think he was 80s earlier wasn't he um, I know someone's put him up but I still think 70s 60s very very fair like you say yeah absolutely loves it last week's course I, I didn't think I know he's got some form at the Ned Bank but wasn't going to suit him 100% he was a slightly wild with his um, his tee I don't know how he's ranked um, third in accuracy um, he was slightly wild with his tee shots but Dino goes for everything he, he doesn't hide like like you can't tell anything that's happening with Bez Bez could have bogeyed he could have got an eagle you wouldn't tell with Burmester you can you know everything that's happening. You don't even have to watch him play. Just watch his face and you can tell. And it, it annoyed me earlier on in the year when he was getting overexcited about missing putts from 35 feet and leaving them on the lip. And, and it still is quite annoying if you've backed him because you want him to calm down for the next tee shot. And I think that's a problem. Um, but he, he fought his life out over the weekend to do as best as he could. Uh, and... Yeah, I mean, he's he's okay, 16th in par 5. I thought he would be slightly better, but again, it's probably because he's slightly over-aggressive. But he's tied second in off the tee, um, and if he gets his irons going, he's a he's a very aggressive player. This is the course that rewards people being aggressive, as you've rightly said. He's got two top fives here. Um, yeah, it's a big price. 70 is too, too big, to be honest with you. Yeah, I just, again, it's hard to see him winning, but I think... This is the area now where I think in this event you you're almost playing for place one. I think there's a couple of contenders down here that we'll get on to, um, but I think generally speaking that that the winners we've probably already mentioned by now. I just think because of the level mm. of players is in, required to win here. Uh, normally a former Rolex Series winner, uh, tough event, top crowd, a lot to play for, big big you know life changing money for some people. 
um, and, and that does come into play down on uh, on Sunday. Um, obviously, a brief mention of Sammy Valamaki. He's been playing very well. Mm. Would expect him to go well. Can't see why it wouldn't be his sort of course. So would would respect his chances. Tom Lewis, I'm interested to see how he gets on. Uh, two top seven uh, finishes here. Obviously, sort of rejuvenated his career when he won the Corn Ferry Tour Championship uh, last September. And although he hasn't quite kicked on as he would have hoped, he did finish tied third uh, behind Lucas Herbert and, and Bez Whedon out in Dubai as a classic. Then he had that storming event uh, at the FedEx St. Jude, didn't he, where he shot a 61 on Saturday. And that's what he's all about. He's a low-scoring merchant. He's struggled on the PGA Tour since. I think he's one of those people that will struggle to split his time, but should be one of the classier players in this in this field um, on his day. I don't think I want to bet him because the, the the 80 to ones he can get is only five places, and I think he's a like you say, his sixth and seventh in his his two starts here. I, I think I'd rather be on that if you know if 80 was the one was available then. But yeah, I, I'd be really interested to see how he gets on. I think he's a you know he's a great player. It's nice to see him getting back to his best, and and hopefully he does get a get a win soon. Yeah, the only thing I'd say about Lewis is when you know those two. Uh, top 10 course efforts he was in far better form 2019 he came in with three european uh, events tied eighth tied 32 tied 13th 2018 he came in having won portugal um and then and then performed okay coming into this event um several events where he was you know in in the top stages whereas this year he's not in the best of form um but i mean look it's in front of you his recent form isn't it it's absolutely appalling isn't it one, two, three, four, five, six missed cuts of his last eight outings, um, rounds of 77, 80. Um, it, I, I'd be amazed if he was he was in the sort of form that could challenge it's, him. It's just it's it's just it's hard to establish. I think whether that is because of the the deeper fields on the PGA Tour, whether he's finding it hard to split his time. Obviously, he's had that, he was off with COVID oh, as well, wasn't yeah. he? So. I know I know what you're saying that he's not in the form and, and that's why I won't be able to put him up but I just think that it'd be interesting I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's top 10 at the end of the week just because his talent alone is, is more what I'm yeah. getting at there yeah okay um, you probably a brief mention for you for Jamie Donaldson how well he's playing um, he's played well here in the past I don't think he's going to be winning this event considering the, the opportunity he's passed up um, in recent weeks but anything you want to say on him no, just the last two weeks have been really painful. <laughs> we dumped dumped Bez two weeks ago live on this on the podcast, and last week dumped Donaldson uh, on the podcast. It was just thank God for Bez. That's all I can say. Played really well again. He was another one that wouldn't give up over the weekend. Every time there was a mistake, he came back. Um, to be honest, I thought he he almost surpassed himself over the weekend. I thought it was an absolutely fantastic performance. Um, like you say, he loves it around here. He's in great form. If he's fit and he's well. Then good luck. I, I can, yeah, I, I can see him doing. He's not the class, is he anymore? Um, but it was a, it was a very, very good effort over the weekend, and uh, fair play to him. I'm glad he's here. Yeah, uh, another couple I want to mention. Russ Fisher sort of played well last week. Yeah, Coming back it, into though. a bit of form, likes Middle East. Mm. Um, could see him going well. It suits his game with the sort of big driving. Uh, Adrian else is finally getting out to a price that that I would want to bet him at, but I don't actually fancy him this week at all Renato Paratore 100 to 1 um, 
I know that's only with I think that's with five places, so that's a bit of an off put. But obviously there's some nineties one with uh, with more places, six places there. Um, you know he was he was right up there, wasn't he last week? Finished tie thirteenth in the end, disappointing final day of a seventy two when everyone else was low scoring. But you know he's he's been impressive this year. You know he won that the British Masters, took a little while to get over that, then finished seventh for Wentworth where he looked good again. Uh, played the weekend well, and then just at like 13th place finished last week. Um, you know, I could see him going well. I think it's the type of event that would suit him. Uh, I think he's got a, a tied 20th for here in the past, which is obviously not as great as it sounds when it's a limited field, but it's enough to suggest that he can play the course. Tied 13th at the Dubai Desert Classic in 2015, where he had a bit of a disappointing weekend. Fourth in Qatar in 2018. There's, there's signs that suggest it could be a good course for him. It wasn't a good effort on Sunday, to be fair. Um, in terms of the, in terms of place versus price, as somebody who backed Scott Vincent at the biggest price and only got five places this week, you you know, it's, it's <laughs> a, a debate that could take a long, long time. Price versus versus place, um, it can cost you. Um, so, do you take the hundred to one first five, or do you take the whatever he is, first seven? Um, I'll take the places with him. Again, I, I don't, was, I don't I think I need to go this far down. Sorry, I thought he was disappointing, Tom, on Sunday. Um, but again, he's another... When at the start of the year, you had all these promising players. He won very early. And you, you'd got that Rosner, Laporta. Um, you know, Hogard obviously won twice. It's, it's just brilliant. I mean, there's some awesome players. I know that uh, Paratore, I read at Steve's column, that Paratore was, um, had played quite a lot in Dubai um, over recent weeks. So that 13th, to be fair, if he's going to come on again for that, for that actual competition uh, on the courses that he's been playing many times, yeah, you, you could see him being there, but in terms of winning, no, he, he can't possibly win. No. I think that's the case for most of these down here now. But the last one I'll really look at is Marcus Kinholt. I was surprised by his price, um, 125 to 1, even with seven places. Um, he plays this part of the world pretty well with third place at the Qatar Masters and he was 16th in this event in 2019 and he had a 76th final round obviously didn't really have a chance to win but there was there's you know a lot to go up for uh in you know what comes with playing so well in this tournament and he was in sixth place and, and basically just collapsed but is, is anything about Kinhelp because I think he's had a you know pretty decent year you know he's he's a recent uh winner last year at a bit for uh, british masters and i just thought that sixth tenth 20th in three of his last four weeks i know that was a showdown as well which is obviously a bit of a skewed stat but you know three top 15 finishes you know after the restart as well just thought it was a bit of a big price yeah he, he appears on the on the putting stats all the time doesn't he but that's because he's wild sometimes isn't he <laughs> so you know, again, it's it's one of those stats, isn't it? You, you're going to be good at putting if you uh, have to hold them for par. Um, otherwise, you're just going to be nowhere. You're going to lose your card. So it's it's a bit one of those putt, one of those one of those stats that uh, you'd like to see him somewhere on sort of the strokes gained mm. um, approaches or something. He, unfortunately, he doesn't have that. Um, so yeah, it, it, I think he'd need to tidy himself up quite a lot from tee to green to to have a chance to be honest but yeah it, it looks big but but so does our old mate Jorge on uh, his very best desert form doesn't it um, yep. 
you know, it's it's now becoming silly. I mean, Campillo's now drifting. We talked about this. Remember, I think it was it last week or a couple of weeks ago, I said he's such an unsexy player that if he does anything, he will drift massively. And he's just gone like, just through the basement, hasn't he, really? Um, but out of any of them that, at the big price, I, w- I would say Campillo is far too big. Um, he's weird. Nobody knows what he's going to do. But we, we know his, his desert form is absolutely stunning. We know that he won Qatar off a missed cut. Um, he does have a top 10 here. He has another top 20 here last year. You, you, I, you know, I've no idea what he's going to do. He's probably not long enough to be fair off the tee. But he was great at the, at the showdown. I know it was um, a weird tournament, but the final round, he attacked all the way. Um, uh, Chase McIntyre. Didn't give up. Eagle at the last, the par five, eighth in Portugal. You know, if you look at his earliest or his middle season form, as we, you know, say he's got he's got plenty of form there that, that puts him up there, and on his best form, he can compete. Um, do you know what? Uh, uh, yeah, sod it. I'm putting him <laughs> go with him again. Yeah, because because if I keep going with him at fifties and I keep going with him at forties. I just think to go 150 for a man with this sort of desert form. I mean, Larratha Bauer's got, you know, great form as well. You could you could take the chance with him. He's very capable. But you are guessing. But this is only a 60-odd man field. You know, this isn't a 155-man field where, you, you know, there's very likelihood is, or there's a chance that you're missing the cut and not turning up on the weekend. This is only a 65-man field. And Larratha about 160, Campillo 150, they're, they're, they've got yes you're guessing that they're going to do it but you know are they more likely to do it than Will Besseling yeah of course they are but he's the same price mm. are they more likely to do it than Laurie Cantor they're bigger than Laurie Cantor these are proven winners in proper class fields and not that long ago and they're 60 points bigger than Laurie Cantor so you tell me well they're double the price of Marcus Armitage uh, you know, almost double the price of Brandon Grace, who hasn't played well for a long time. You know, it to me, it's just I think that there's a couple. I mean, even like you can go as far as the the bottom, you know, price players in Grant Forrest and Callis yeah. Samoya, who are both playing good golf. I mean, Grant Forrest, granted, is only excuse the pun last week, um, but he's also played well in the Dubai Desert Classic, which obviously suggests that he can play well in these sort of this part of the world. Kalis Samoya has been playing brilliant golf for quite a long period, and they're they're two hundred to one outsiders. So, you know, I, I just think that, like we said, and I've said continuously through the through this show, is that I don't expect the winners to come out, you know, beyond probably even fifty to one. But if if you, there's going to be someone in the top ten or top seven or eight places, whatever, that's going to be a surprise, and you've just got to find the right one. It's, just, you know, it's easier said than done, but that is the case, really, isn't it? And it's yeah. take your pick. You can yeah, sprinkle I mean, a couple, can't you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I mentioned, uh, we mentioned Sammy Valamaki. John Smith's a massive price at 100 if his putting ever returns. I mean, he's just firing at pins uh, all over the place. And, and you know, he's he's an awesome player. I've loved Jordan for a long, long time. Um, but, you know, he can't putt. We were hoping he'd get better, and, and it hasn't. Um, uh, and the other one is... Uh, Callum Shinkwin, who I'm absolutely convinced 
this course or courses like this will suit. Um, I know he's only got one effort here on the top 25. He hasn't done very much in Dubai at all, really, um, or the UAE. But I'm absolutely convinced he's got the length. He's got the uh, tee to green game. Uh, he's got the par five performance. I think he's 15th in par fives over the last three months. Um, his win in Cyprus showed an awful lot of bottle. And, and as we discussed before, um, he's got his confidence on the greens. He trusts his caddy. Um, he's got none of this silliness now. Uh, the monkey's off his back. So, he, you know, he played really well uh, in the showdown when I thought he'd sort of drop away after having won the week before. Um, wasn't brilliant last week, but I kept watching him. Um, and he did keep going. He did keep going forwards. Then he had a couple of mistakes, um, but he kept going and kept going. He had, he had, he was doing quite badly actually. Final day, somehow ended up four under. Um, and I, I do think this is. I really do think this is the type of course that suits him. I'm convinced. In fact, sort of the more wind, the better for him. Uh, yeah, I. I um, yeah, I think he'll go well, and I am going to put him up, um, despite the fact that of, that he's, you know, his UAE form isn't that great. But the, the, the point I was sort of making just briefly there was that you look at the, the recent leaderboards. So Jason Scrivener was in the top 10 last year. Uh, two years ago, Dwermeister had obviously finished fourth the, the year before, but would still have been a bit of a surprise. A Twaggy fourth. Um, you know, you get... A sort of player like this that will contend for a top seven or eight place finish, and it's just if you if you like a player, I mean, <laughs> Sam Horsfield was the second coming mm. six months ago, mm. not even that long ago, you know, and he's down there. You can get 150 to one about him. It, none of these players are, are beyond being able to win, and yes, it is a step up, and but it's a 60 man field, like you said, or whatever, 65 man field. You're not trying to get them to beat 100. There's no cut. So there's no pressure uh, in terms of making the cut. So some people could slow starts and then really kick on at the weekend. I do think the winner's up in the, in the you know 50 to one and shorter. But yeah, I, that that's the sort of summary on there. I think that there is some value down here to be had, um, and and it's just a case of finding it and, and taking your pick. You can't pick them all, um, but there are some down here. Anything other to add on the DP World Tour Championship? No. I don't think there is anything else. As I said, I'm surprised we've been able to talk this long for one event. I thought it was going to be a short podcast tonight. Um, Sorry. It wasn't. Never is, is it? We, we we just like to talk too much. Yeah, well. Yeah. It is what it is, isn't it? People people will get used to it, and they have got used to it. So they're still out there listening. Um, so just a quick summary of the picks. Talk myself into Andy Sullivan, and I'm taking Danny Willett as my favourite pick. Um I haven't decided what I'm doing about Victor Perez yet. I do like the fact that he's sort of had that top 20 sighter and, and has got uh, JP Fitzgerald on the bag, who's obviously Sin wins here. I know of a much more talented player. but um, And then I, and I don't know what to do about sort of Marcus Kinhout. I think there's sort of upside for him finishing in the top seven and you can get 125 to one about that in a 65-man field. So I think that's an interesting bet as well. Over to you. It's hard, isn't it? Um, Peters I can't back even though I'd love to because his stats are just magnificent for here um, I actually think he's one of the highest rated here in terms of stats but I can't so Sullivan yeah absolutely I think he calls himself and then one or two or three or four or five of the, of the rest <laughs> which is Burmy 
course form, he'd love it. He's in great form, just needs to calm down a lot. Uh, Sammy Valamaki, uh, eight from nine cuts, his last nine cuts. Plays really well when he does um, on these sort of two events at the same course type thing. So second and sixth at Celtic Manor. Um, obviously, 13th at PGA was great. Uh, sixth and 18th at Cyprus. He faded a bit on the final round. Could have easily been top 10, top five. And was eye-catching last week, uh, second in greens and regulation when he was 13th. So he comes on from that Dubai thing. Um, he, he liked demand, didn't he? Um, obviously, um, yeah. showed balls are plenty down there. Don't mind wind. So he, he's an option at 66. Uh, Shanks, definitely. He's very long, 18th off the tee, 16th uh, in driving distance. Um, has a very good greens in regulation or greens under regulation stat as well. Um, if his patting's back, I absolutely believe this is his course. Um, so he is very close to being the second bet of the week. And yeah, I'll throw five pence each way on uh, Campillo and Larathabal because they're ridiculous prices, especially Jorge, who can win from nowhere. Taking everything else out of the equation, price, um, well, basically just price, take a price out of the equation, name one player you think is going to win this tournament. Uh... <sighs> and that's, how, that's how tough it is this week, isn't it? Like, it is a tough week. It's hard to. I said it's easy to oppose the people because of the prices they are, but it's hard to distinguish who would be a standout mm. pick. Like to me, I'm asking you the question because I don't know the answer. I don't, I don't have one no. pick myself. I'd probably say Tyrrell Hatton, but only because, I, I, just because I like him and just because I think he's, it would make sense for him to cap off an exceptional yeah, it's a great year question. by doing that. Great question. Yeah. But there we go. So that's that. Any other order of business as it's the last betting podcast of no, the year? No, I, I would just like to say, well done, Tom. I think this was your idea, however many million years ago. We've had to come through lockdown, which has been absolutely ridiculous. Uh, fair play to the European Tour as well for getting stuff yeah, on. Absolutely. Um, and the amount of interviews um, that are on the pod that, you know, you've done most of them. Uh, we hope obviously there's going to be one more. Um, you know, it, proper players you know we've had players that are young ones coming through we've had established we've had ted scott masters winner um you know everybody you know it's just been it's been brilliant you know ryan's been on for monday q a site that we probably would not have even looked at had it not been for lockdown um and his life has changed because yeah, of lockdown absolutely. i think to be honest with you you know you've managed to get you know tom hoagie who's on who was in contention over the weekend wills alatoris who's going to be a pga Thingy. you've had commentators um streelman obviously which is a, a great coup um you know i don't, don't want to leave anybody out but you know there's been it's, it's been fantastic and we've done 50 whatever it is 54 55 this year and and hopefully people have enjoyed it um and a big thanks of course to ben um of the sporting life ben coley who's come on um for the uh, majors and, and uh, he filled in for you one week as well, didn't he? As well? He did stand in, and, and maybe next year we'll uh, be able to get some some more people on, um, you know, just to give a different different view on things. Um, and just yeah, I mean, it's all on the on the directories of all the podcast sites. You know, if you're bored during Christmas, talking to the relations and eating, <laughs> spending time with the family, yeah. eating. What don't you like, Tom? <laughs> some of the dates. Yeah, if you're, if you're too busy, all prawn cocktail dates, starters. There's at least. 20 25 interviews that are on there yeah um 
and they're fascinating to listen back to especially as some of these were back in march april may when nothing was going on so um yeah you know i just want to say fair play to you because uh you know it's been great yeah well no look you know back back patting aside uh you know if i couldn't do it every week without yourself you know it has to have someone to bounce off of so it's nice to have you on as well uh we are interested to see where it goes next year like you said um anyone that you know that we talk to very regularly you know different punters out there tipsters that you know would like to come on and give a different view we'd like to speak to them as well we do have one other interview coming up in the next week um so keep an eye out for that and yeah like you say i won't go and listen back to myself too often because i don't like the sound of my own voice but there are some very good interviews especially early on when people had no idea what was going on you know they had no idea what was ahead of them um many of them didn't know when they could play when they could touch a club again um how they felt about that it'd be interesting to see or hear how they feel now they've done it after the last six or seven months as well um but yeah there's, it's been really interesting to get insight on players it's been nice to keep in touch with them you know speaking to you know Wills Alatoris and following him through to his rise um you know back to to Chris Paisley who's obviously been a great supporter of the podcast from the very beginning so um not to leave anyone out it's just impossible to check off all the names but yeah it's been really really good and uh thank you all for listening so that's the last one for the last betting one for 2020 and uh we shall put up another one next week of our interview yeah thanks very much for listening um people put up with this every single week um you're mad cheers yeah bonkers absolutely bonkers thank you very much and good luck jason yep and you mate see you later